quality standards to guide your planned gift fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Nathan Stelter. Nathan is president of the Stelter Company, which is a national consulting firm on nonprofit leadership and fundraising headquartered in Des Moines, Iowa. He also chairs the board of the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners, which has just issued a list of standards to guide us in our planned gift fundraising. And Nathan, thanks so much for being with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the uh, invite. So by means of introduction, tell us a little bit more about the Stelter Company. Sure. Yeah, no, we're a national plan giving marketing firm headquartered, as you mentioned, in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, grandfather founded it about 60 years ago and work with about 1,200 charities around the country, just helping them uh, identify their best donors, uh, figure out ways to communicate and educate and motivate them. Wonderful work. Very important work that you're doing, especially with the significant increase in interest around planned giving that the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners identified in a survey a couple of years ago with Martin Lundy. We have a podcast in our archives with Michael Kenyon uh, on that topic. Michael leads the association and Nathan is board chair. Nathan, for folks who don't know, what is the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners? Yeah, the uh, the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners, or CGP as we call it, is is really the national member support organization for fundraisers and nonprofits around the country uh, to help them uh, advocate, educate, uh, and really the the as you mentioned, this uh, the growth in this industry helped them maximize their opportunities. A lot of donors, as we all know, get stuck in the checkbook mentality and don't necessarily think of their assets and think of other ways they can support uh, and leave legacies at organizations that are near and dear to them. So our goal is to support this industry, support the uh, nonprofits in this in this industry and our and our fundraisers that are trying to be the best fundraisers they can. And CGP has come out with the national standards for gift planning success. Now, Nathan, your grandfather was doing this 60 years ago. Why now for these standards? Well, it's kind of the old adage of better better late than never. Uh, but as, as plan giving continues to get more focus as a great tool to diversify uh, revenue at charities around the country, uh, a lot everybody goes about it a little bit differently. Annual giving, major gifts, things that have a, a very immediate uh, return on investment are easy to navigate, easy to, to metric and, and, and show success with. Plan giving has a longer tail. It's not necessarily based on the organization's timeline when these gifts mature or realize, but based on obviously uh, the donors and, and their own uh, life. So uh, after really trying to figure out, working with a lot of amazing uh, volunteers, uh, both at charities around the country and at their consulting organizations around the country, how do we metric? How do we know as a, as a fundraiser or organization you're having success? Uh, we realize it's not just a metric question. It's really a standards. How do we uh, whether you're a small organization, a large organization, centralized or decentralized, how do you have uh, the foundational work in in, uh, in uh, place to have success, uh, not just this year, but in years to come? Nathan, how did this come about? Were you hearing from members of CGP? Were you hearing from donors, uh, just kind of from nonprofits uh, around the country? Or was it, again, just as you and your fellow members were discussing uh, this topic? How did this all come about? Yeah, a great question. It really started a couple of years ago as, as solely a metrics initiative. Uh, the question is always comes up, whether it's at the board level at the charities we work with or at the leadership level on how do we know for having success? What are the metrics? Are they leading activity-based metrics? Are they lagging gift or, or um, intention-based metrics? Uh, how do we really make sure? And and a group got together and really tried to identify this and, and realized very quickly in the, in the CRMs that we use, you know, whether it's Blackboard, Salesforce, all the others, 
you know, we talk about things differently. Our nomenclature is different organization to organization. And so I realized that the metrics are just one aspect of really what makes a successful program. And ultimately decided uh, a group of us uh, to kind of take a couple steps, the old adage of slowing down to speed up, took a step back and really thought about this in a more holistic way that there's really a need for standards uh, that talk about the support we need to garner from our leadership, about the sustainable na nature of how we need to build our programs and really the donor centric focus that we need to have when working side by side and one on one with donors. And as Nathan concluded there, he foreshadowed for us the three categories in which these standards are organized. And we want folks to take a deep look at these standards. And we'll give you the website on how to do that in just a moment. But, but that first category, Nathan, is support from the top. What do you folks mean by that? Well, we know uh, the long nature of which plan giving is, is you have to, this isn't something where uh, the board or the, the leadership puts forth a budget or a staff or resources for the, this year. It is a long-term nature. Uh, we don't know when donors or donors are like us. They procrastinate their planning. We don't want to sit and think about their, uh, their finances and the mortality. And so these things take time. And so inevitably, you're always looking for how does leadership understand the value long-term of this type of philanthropy? And what are the things that researchers like Russell James and others have provided us that we can package up and provide to uh, CEOs, to uh, foundation leadership, uh, to VPs of advancement to help really may build a sustainable program um, for, for the future for every organization. Nathan, that touches on a question we receive all the time at the fundraising school when we teach on planned giving, either the individual module and principles and techniques of fundraising or the course that we have. And people say, how, how can I talk my CEO into the importance of this? Or how can we persuade our board to approve the new fundraising plan that includes a you know, substantial increase in the amount of planned gift fundraising that we're doing? Because either the CEO and or the board, they're going to say, well, what about the annual fund? Are we going to be able to hit our annual goal and pay all of our bills this year? How can fundraisers have that conversation with the people they report to? Well, and that's exactly why we started with this first uh, really kind of pillar with the standards. I mean, there's 16 standards, but that first pillar is so critical uh, because it is the education. It is, uh, and I really love, and one of the stories I like to share is what one of the things that Russell James, a uh, renowned researcher at Texas Tech, has done in this space of plan giving, where he actually approached his board and put one of their peer institutions side by side with Texas Tech then, and showed how they were not uh, in the same ballpark, I guess, as far as their plan giving a, a program is concerned. And he broke down the vernacular. Plan giving, a lot of people don't know necessarily what that means, but he broke it down into terms that board can understand to major gifts of assets. Uh, the, the board understood what major gifts were. They've been asked for major gifts. They understand assets. He was able to kind of put this into more common language and really be able to make the case. You know, the other side of what he also did is show that where a lot of people talk about the annual giving and there used to be the old concern if we talk about plan giving and these deferred gifts that people won't give here now. Uh, Dr. James has found through his research of over a million 990s that once somebody makes that plan gift intention known, uh, their, their annual gift actually tends to go up in size. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about the generations making these gifts now, leading and lagging boomers, they're thinking about their philanthropy in a more investment way. And they, they're going to make an investment like a planned gift. They're likely going to pay attention a little bit more. And that may uh, you know, come through in, in the form of an annual gift, too. And Russell James, a mutual friend of CGP and the Fundraising School. In fact, he's the author of our chapter on planned giving in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition that just came out in 2022. Uh, the next category of standards, ability and capacity to execute. How can you describe that pillar for us, please? 
Yeah, I mean, this is really about building the foundational efforts for long-term success. I mean, it's very easy with all the things. We all know um, fundraisers are asked to do more with less all the time. And, and plan giving, while important, may not be a big part of their job description or, and, you know, they make 15%, 25% of their time. And so what is realistic to actually, you know, how do you have that candor? And we've actually built some assessments into the website so you can actually have that candid uh, understanding of where do we have gaps? Where are we really doing well? Uh, but this is really that key area of, you know, looking at the next 12 months and planning out 24 to 36, what can I realistically do as a one-person shop or a half-person shop? Uh, you may see or hear at a conference or see from one of your peers down the street at another charity, go, look at all the success they're having in plan giving. Yeah, but it took time to get there. And so how do we really build the, the kind of crawl, walk, run strategy uh, that's important and also be able to articulate that again up to our leadership on why we're doing it this way? These first two pillars have talked about leading up to the folks we report to as fundraisers, the CEO and the board of directors. The uh, next level of standards have involved our organizational readiness and us as fundraisers being ready. But this last pillar, Nathan, reminds us that this needs to be donor-centric, that last pillar, donor-centric engagement and management. What guidance are we going to find there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, donor centricity has been a big focus. Uh, Penelope Burke's done a ton of work in that area. But obviously, when we think about plan giving, and one of the things I'm bullish of coming out of the pandemic period is the importance of stewardship, the importance of really, you know, it's easier to, to build a, a new a, a plan gift donor to a bigger plan gift donor than it is to find a new one. And so how do we make sure, you know, even though we have all the, the key performance indicators and goals that come down to us on what we need to close and accomplish year in, year out, how do we keep the donor intent first and foremost, right? How do we make sure while we have these great vehicles and, and tools that we at our disposal in plan giving, that it's really driven around what the goal uh, donor wants to to, uh, to see and what they want their legacy to be. So really that's a critical nature and it does come down to that metrics too. It's very easy to say, well, we need X amount of gift annuity proposals or we need X amount of gifts closed, but it really needs to be thoughtful and mindful around what is the most important thing when it comes to that donor? Because they're really seeing us when they make these types of transformational gifts as an extension of their family. And so we wanna make sure that they feel that and see that in those, uh, in those gifts as well. Nathan, as I tap into your expertise and ask you for some final advice you might have for fundraisers and plan giving, you know, what would you say to just fundraisers overall on the importance of incorporating plan giving into all of their fundraising strategies, especially if they think, I don't understand all of the legal rules and regulations and details, or again, I'm not sure we have the staff and agency capacity, or, you know, again, we have the demand of our annual fund and our major gifts, or maybe even a comprehensive campaign. What advice do you give to fundraisers on the importance of planned giving overall? I think it's it's not overcomplicating it. It's it's really keeping it simple. You're right. I mean, it can because of you know misnomers of years past where this may be a technical, a very uh, detail or tax driven field. And yes, those things have a role. But ultimately, most gifts are going to come through a will or request. They're going to come through simple things that donors have control over. And control is a really important thing, especially with the fluidity of, of you know what's gone on the last couple of years of pandemic, but obviously uh, the economy and so forth. So I think that it's really not overthinking it, and it's 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 being realistic and simple. I mean, it's the simplest thing uh, is really reminding people of the other ways that they can give, and reminding them of how they can extend their their current gifts and that great relationship they have with you now and your organization into perpetuity. Uh, I think the the idea and and the growth and blended giving is terrific because people do want to see the impact of something now, but also want to know that you also have that impact down the road uh, based on how they decide to set that up. So again, keeping it simple, not overthinking it, and being realistic.
realistic with yourself. I do really love what we've done with the CGP, with these assessments that we built into the standards, because it gives you, whether it's yourself, your staff, your board, your leadership, it gives you a way to really kind of see where can you grow and what makes sense for the type of organization or the size of the organization you are today. The importance of planned giving and very importantly, standards to guide us in our planned giving, the National Standards for Gift Planning Success from the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners. And their website, quite clearly, is charitablegiftplanners.org. Charitablegiftplanners.org. And you can find these standards. We're so grateful to Nathan Stelter. He's the president of the Stelter Company. And you can see his significant expertise on fundraising and planned gift fundraising that he and his colleagues are delivering through their national fundraising consulting firm. And I know CGP is thrilled that Nathan finds time to volunteer and serve as board chair of the National Association of Charitable Gift Planners. Now, plan giving is one of the topics we cover here at the Fundraising School and more than two dozen what we call our public courses that lead to four different certificates. You can just take a course or a combination of courses. It's your choice, either in person or online or a combination of both in the United States and anywhere around the world. We can also custom tailor our coursework specifically for your nonprofit at your location, in your region, for your association, in our custom training programs. We have quarterly webinars and these free podcasts. And I mentioned our textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, all on our website at philanthropy.iui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. So grateful again for our guest, Nathan Stelter. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakavich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.